Brought to you by BedroomBattlefields.com, this is the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, Mark. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good, good, yeah. Enjoyed our Christmas get-together the other night. It was good fun. Thanks for putting that together. Yeah, no worries. It was really good fun and well attended. Um, I'm really happy we did it, actually. It was cool. Um, In fact, actually, um, David uh, on our uh, server on the community reached out to me and um, we're going to have a little chat um, in January because he's saying, well, maybe we could make this a bit of a semi-regular thing. So Mm -hmm. we were just going to have a catch up and see what ideas we could come up with because um, I think with them being in America and, you know, I think it all worked quite well um, with the times and stuff. So, yeah, good opportunity to maybe um, make it a bit more than an annual fixture. Definitely, yeah. And I, I really enjoyed the wee games that you put on. So we had we had Knowles Christmas presents, but it was Knowles as in the Frostgrave Knowles, wasn't it? G-N-O-L-L. Knowles Christmas presents. So yeah, that was good fun. It yeah, no, that was that that worked well actually. It was like a random encounter table where you had to generate a um, similar to rolling up a, your own chaos champion in in Warhammer. It was rolling up your own Christmas present from a a strange relative in some far flung part of the uh, fantasy world. Uh, yeah, that worked well. It was good fun. And then what what was the game called where we were looking at an Argos catalogue from 1993 and trying to decide if the price of Warhammer, which was sold there, Warhammer Fantasy Battles 4th Edition, was more or less expensive than a wide range of eclectic items? Yeah, it was based on the Play Your Cards Right uh, TV programme with Bruce Forsyth from the 80s, 90s. Uh, and what did I call that? Play Your Argos Right. So a really brilliant pun there. <laughs> I really liked, uh, well, I liked a number of the nostalgic products in there. We had um, Boglins, which I love, love to see them again. Uh, Battlemasters, which was also sold in the same catalogue, and that turned out to be like a five or more expensive than... Yeah, it's surprising it? that. Yeah. It must be that massive PVC mat. Yeah, yeah. I and a sort of wide, wider variety of troops as well, I think. I'm not yeah, sure there true, would have yeah. been necessarily more miniatures, but, you know, you've got, like, a lot of cavalry, you've got a cannon, you've got an ogre, you've got a castle. So, oh, yeah, that castle's cool. Yeah, still got mine. Um, but, yeah, Battlemasters, what a game. Uh, so, I that was great. I, 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 could, I could probably get into just looking at old Argos catalogues as a hobby because uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of my childhood, you know, Far far before the internet, the Argos catalogue was where it was at, wasn't it? So yeah, you'd lie on your living room floor on your front, having a look at it, like, and maybe circling. I remember my friend and I, we used to get the catalogue, and we had a challenge whereby you had to circle one thing on each page or each double page spread that you would have, and it, it became very difficult when you're on like the microwave page or something like that when you're a nine year old. But yeah, no, it was brilliant. Yeah, we ended up uh, deliberating the Corby trouser press, didn't we? Which did turn out to be more expensive by about four times. So Yeah, it was incredibly expensive. So whatever you do, if you are thinking about dismantling one in a travel lodge, then think twice because when that shows <laughs> up on your bill, that, that's going to be a hefty price. Yeah, give Susan a call. But, uh, 
No, that was great. Thanks very much for putting it together. And yeah, it's always uh, it's always good to do the community stuff. And um, you know, if you're new to the podcast, you'll be able to join in stuff like that in the future by going to their Discord. That's bedroombattlefields.com/slash/discord. Uh, whilst I'm throwing links in front of the listener as well, I'm looking for folks. Time of recording: we're twenty first of December, twenty twenty three. So I'm looking for your input the listeners input about uh, their favourite game that they've been playing this year uh, so there's a survey it's very quick take you less than a minute to fill this out bedroombattlefields.com forward slash survey and I'll stick a link in the show notes too but if you head over there just let me know like what game you've been enjoying the most this year what what game have you been sort of either thinking about planning for playing you know painting stuff up for uh, so let me know that let me know as well some honourable mentions if you have any. And then miniature companies as well. Like what miniature company have you kind of been most focused on? I'm just looking to gather this information together and see if there's any patterns. See if there's any stuff that uh, I've never heard of before, you know, selfishly. So uh, I'll be looking to put some together uh, about that before the end of the year, hopefully. You that filled it in good. yet, Mark? I did. I did. I, I found it quite difficult to do in a way um, because... Um, Typically, uh, I, I was sort of thinking, oh, I, kn- I know what I've been playing most of. And then when I actually thought about it, I was like, oh, I wonder if I actually have. And I realised I hadn't played that many games at all this year. So, um, yes, it was good fun filling it in. And But, but it, what it really spurred me on to is think, oh, do you know what? That's what I really want to do more of in 2024 is actually get more games on the table. Uh, I've been doing a lot of reading rules, thinking about games, painting, preparing stuff, making terrain, which is all brilliant. And I love doing all that preparatory stuff. But yeah, actually getting some games on the table was um, the one thing it highlighted to me. Uh, And it made me realize that uh, I've probably been going back to sort of old favorites as well for games. Um, And I'm quite keen on trying some of these. I haven't really got into it yet, but there's a lot more of these kind of indie straight to uh, War Games Vault, Biomans of PDF type games, aren't there out there? And that's what I'm keen on trying out next year as well. Yeah, I definitely. I, this is again, you know, um, some I'd brought up briefly on the the Christmas get together uh, the other night there. But I was talking about, uh, you know, I'm one for buying rule books and rule systems, but I, I'm interested in now like swapping that for buying or accumulating like scenarios and stories. So I did pick up a copy of Sci-Fi Skirmish War Games, John Lamb's Head. Uh, oh, yeah. which is a that's a brilliant book i was reading that just the other week there there's 30 odd i think scenarios uh that you could use for you know anything from stargrave to uh rogue planet to whatever you know rogue, rogue trader itself uh mm. so really good scenarios in there and it, it just got me thinking again this is something i've been sort of tossing about in my head but you know it's not it's not about the rule system it's about what you're doing on the table it's about the stories and the scenarios so you know, I'm I'm looking to just start accumulating like more ways to play the games rather than just how to play them, if that makes sense. One of the other like PDFs that's been kicking about as well that I've had a good look at is uh, someone had taken the time to convert all the more time scenarios into scenarios for Song of Blades and Heroes, which is a game mm. that I really like. So again, stuff like this, I, I've seen as well that. Um, Joe McCulloch's got a supplement for Stargrave out. I think it comes out early in the summer, Dead or Alive. I think there's a basic version of it out already, but I think this is a lot of solo scenarios for 
uh, Stargrave. So again, stuff like this, like it's it's not giving you new rules per se. It's giving you new things to do with those rules or with like other rules because these things are always pretty easily adaptable, aren't they? Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I think that's um, it. Maybe there's a bit of a move away from the kind of point-based pitch battle competitive army list building mentality that perhaps was coming in uh to the gw hobby when i was perhaps getting out um because I, I i'd already sort of left before things like necromunda and mordheim came out so it was all quite battle game based um which i enjoyed but yeah maybe i didn't really used to think about scenarios particularly it was much more around just build an army have an army based you know a big battlefield kind of game so yeah the idea of having much more narrative um i wonder whether kind of as video games have got much more complex over the last 20 years people have got that uh that they want that appetite they've got the appetite for something that's a lot more sort of story driven really and you can kind of follow a character and there's a bit of an arc to it all rather than just horoscope skiing yeah yeah i it's it's one of them like you know when you're trying out a game for the first time uh, and in the past couple of years you know Robert and I have been able to try a multitude of different systems and for example you know we we did uh, Mayhem the, the mass fantasy battle game and you know you're just trying it for the first time so it's like well you know you go this army I'll go that army they're pretty even let's line up either side of the table and just go for it and see who wins and that's fine for a first attempt when you're learning the rules but I don't think you could just do that on repeat. Like, you know, let's fight each other again with these armies. There has to be more to it than that. There has to be a why. And there has to be more than just kill more people on that side than they're going to kill on my side sort of thing. So uh, stories and scenarios. There, there's some great ones in the, the sci-fi uh, skirmish game book. One that I was mentioning as well was this uh, kind of novel idea. There's this there's this sort of force field between it. I think it's to separate two different gangs. They're always fighting, so that this big force field goes up. But it's not very reliable. Like The tech's not very well maintained or invested in. And there's the chance that uh, you know, you've know you got your gang on one side, there's a gang on the other side, and they're trying to shoot through it, and they're trying to, some of them are actually trying to physically get through it. And you know some of them are able to do that, whereas other ones are um, getting themselves blown up in the process. So... We things like that, that it just looks so much more fun and interesting uh, and the potential for the narrative and the story, the stories that will come out of it, you know, rather than just uh, let's line up and, and try and kill each other. That's really cool. You can imagine even adapting that, can't you? So like a fantasy setting and making it some kind of mm. haunted river or something like that. And, you know, there's yeah. points where you can't cross it or and the fog comes in or whatever it might be. You could, you could sort of, but it's just the idea of creating all that, those variables. Mm -hmm, um so the get like the the battlefield itself is is a challenge you've got to overcome that's cool yeah i like it so like on you know we're talking about like going into a new year and and you know um what folks want to do and you're talking about like a massive success for you next year would be actually playing more games what uh, if you could put a number on it like how many games could you get in next year for you to think well that was that was a real success Probably quite a low number, being honest. Um, yeah, I, I'd be more than happy if I could play sort of uh, ten times, um, like some really decent, good scenarios, um, 
good terrain, nice models, you know, maybe different systems. That would be, yeah, I'd be delighted with that. And with different people as well. I've not tried doing any um, remote type gaming. Um, not so much like the tabletop simulator stuff, but more, you know, like they, a lot of the folks over on the Crown of Command group do with, um, you know, webcam and uh, someone's got the table. I've not tried that, but I was thinking about it and thinking, well, I'm sure that would definitely work if if the system was right. And people who've done it have always talked uh, very positively about it. So, yeah, I reckon ten to twelve times a year would be that'd be more than that, more than enough for me. Mm. Certainly a big step up on what I'm getting now, but yeah. also something that I could probably feel that I could fit in. Yeah, I I could even half that number and probably still be happy with it. Like yeah, five, I six. agree. Um, I'd I'd really like to. I'm I'm kind of. The wheels are in motion, or the sails are in motion, I should say. We talked about Armada on the last episode, and I've I have actually made a, a couple of small orders on Etsy just to see what the quality is like. But cool. I don't need a high model count for that game, so I would love I love the thought that by the end of next year, I'll have put together two fleets and at least tried the game out. Uh, and I'd be delighted to get say four or five good skirmish games in as well. So. Uh, you know, from like the book that I'm talking about there, the sci-fi book from that, um, you know, the the more time scenarios and from the one that Joe McCulloch brings out as well, the, the Dead or Alive, that might have scope for doing a couple of interesting things too. So I'd be delighted with that. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of painting goals as well this year. I was actually looking back at, you know, what I what did I get done this year? What did I get painted? And I was looking back through photos and it's frighteningly little that, um, you know, I've done in a year. Uh, I don't know if there's an actual reason for that, but like I got um, that Nurgle warband done and I've got a lot of, not a lot, I've got some goblins done for a goblin warband. Uh, by the way, I've I've got my Jareth model now. Oh, Fantastic. So, yeah, I was going to hold up to that. We're not even on video here, and we're not recording video, so that would have been completely pointless. It's like but a double yeah, whammy of uselessness. Yeah, this yeah. is completely useless. But I'm holding it up anyway. But Excellent. yeah, I got that on a uh, got that on Etsy, so it looks cool. I'm going to he's going to lead my goblin warband. Uh, the only cool. terrifying thing is like my my daughter's obsessed with labyrinth now, which is obviously my fault. Uh, but. Yeah, she's like two and a half and she's just obsessed with it at the moment. So if she sees that, she's just going to go straight for it and destroy it. Absolutely. But um, what can you do? No, that's wicked. Has he got the um, a, a finely modelled uh, cod piece? Uh, let me just have a look. So looking at his crotch, looking at a 28 millimetre plastic Goblin King David Bowie crotch here. Great audio. Um, I mean, there is detail in the cod piece. I would say not not a massive amount of detail, but uh, yeah, God, I've stayed with that for quite a while. He's holding a Good. crystal, and he's got a mullet, of course. Of course, absolutely. That's all you. That's all you need, isn't it? Yeah, crotch, crystal, mullet. <laughs> so like the, I'll get like that. The, like the government up. hand, face, space. <laughs> um. Aye, so he'll be he'll be leading up my my goblin warband. That's a uh, wicked idea. That's so cool. Yeah, just a a, a wee bit of something different, eh? and uh, aye, maybe when she's slightly older, that'll be a good way to get her to tentatively play a game with me as well. So, 
Well, it sounds like you're sowing the seeds in terms of the kind of fantasy um, diet that she's got. And I saw that you put some photos of a really cool place you went to. Um, was it in the north of England when you're on holiday? Aye, like Le- a kind of Lilla it's called. Uh, okay. So it's in Anik. So yeah, the oh, yeah. northeast. It was my wife. She knew about it. I, I, I know almost nothing about anything, but um, she said it's on the. It was on the TV and that you know when they were designing this place. I think it's kind of Scandinavian influenced as these things often tend to be. But uh, it was like trolls and goblins and really cool place. Uh, so she loved it. I loved it more. But uh, I no, it was. I, I would recommend that to anyone who's sort of local to that area to to get along. That's cool, and it's like a it's like an outdoor kind of kids park in a way, but yeah, all themed like that. That's cool. Aye, like a huge adventure park. Uh, I went like adults are allowed in it and on it, so I was going down the shoots and everything. Um, Excellent. I might have to persuade my dad. kids to go, even though they're like <laughs> teenagers. Just yeah. Yeah, that'd just be all leave right. them at the cafe, and you yeah, exactly. And I just run around and go on things. Yeah, it's better than going to one of those um, like absolutely germ-ridden wacky warehouse things, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you could go along dressed as Bowie and Labyrinth and just enjoy the park on your own, <laughs> singing magic dance while you're going down the slide <laughs> on your own. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's an image, isn't it? Um, <laughs> In terms of painting, then what uh, what would constitute a successful year on the painting table for you next year? Oh, okay. Um, probably, I, I actually don't want to paint too many miniatures because I've painted so many this year, um, and since painting that many, I've painted almost none. And it, it, so I'm kind of yeah. I think that I'm going to try and set myself if I am setting anything, but a, a quite a low goal so that I kind of really focus on painting. I've got this one warband, the sort of folk horror warband uh, that I really want to do a really good job on. And that's probably, I think that's about eight or nine figures. So I probably am looking at may, maybe trying to focus on doing far fewer things, being greater depth and doing a better job on them. Um, so maybe sort of more quality over quantity for, for next year, I'd say. But also, I really need to get round to doing things like putting all the bases on stuff, putting transfers on shields, putting flags on units. I've got I've got lots of stuff that is not actually quite finished. It's nearly there, but it's not quite. So I think that that would be something I'd be really keen on and also finishing off some of the terrain that I'm working on. So I, I think because space is so limited in our house and where I've got all my stuff, it's up in the it's kind of like a mezzanine loft thing in our house and it's basically completely full uh, the small area that I've got and it's got these stacks of really useful boxes that are now to the precarious height that they can't really go any higher without it being a major hazard so I'm, I'm I know I need to stop really and just kind of collect what I've got and then start focusing on things that require you know more like game playing get togethers doing things like that because I just don't really have enough room for anything else so yeah I, I just want to but I want to get everything to that really nice level where I'm really happy with it I'm wondering about going back and repainting some of the stuff that I did a few years ago but or touching up or highlighting things but I don't know really because I enjoyed doing it at the time I was happy with them at the time do I need to change them will it make them better or or is that worthwhile I'm, I'm a bit unsure about that really because I think from the perspective of did I have fun am I happy 
then maybe I'm all right with all that as well. So yeah, that's kind of my painting sort of hobby type side of the, uh, of the thing goal. Um, so less is more this year. Yeah, no, it's good ethos. Uh, yeah. So I, I take it you, you're unlikely going to be buying anything then by the seventh. Yeah. I'm, I didn't buy much this year either because I, the majority of the stuff that I painted this year, I bought in the year previously, but um, yeah, no. So that's kind of got me in quite a good habit of not actually ordering too much stuff and spending very little money on hobby things. So it, I say a good habit. I mean, there's no such thing as a good habit, is there? If you if you want to buy things and you enjoy it, then then do it. And if if you you don't want to, then don't. So, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of pretty happy with that kind of the idea of consolidating really, but really trying to make sure that I do actually get some proper games in, um, and and with as many different people as possible, and and ideally visit some things as well that'd be brilliant mm-hmm. yeah hi definitely i mean it, we'll, we'll revisit sort of later in the year about what's happening if anything where bring out your lead and whether we could mm. do a get together there in early august but that would be that would definitely be a big highlight of the year if, if we could pull that together yeah absolutely i, I think just the idea of actually being in a space with other people who are doing it, it kind of it's just quite energizing really because um just to see people doing stuff like actually not just through the filter of social media or the internet but to actually see it in the flesh it, it's quite a different experience and it's um yeah really inspiring but sometimes i find that when you look at highly polished stuff that's online i find it a struggle to be inspired i, I feel like it knocks me back a bit mm-hmm. i it's just that sort of imposter syndrome thing, isn't it? Where you think, oh, God, why why can't I do it as well as that? And therefore, yeah. it, is it worse? But it's no worse or better. It's just yours. Aye, aye it's a different thing. It's like, um, you know, you watch the, the Premier League or the World Cup on the telly. It shouldn't put you off for going down, having a game of fives on a Wednesday night or that. It's, it's not the same thing. So Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Aye, I'm, uh, I mean, I've got a lot of... I, I, I won't be buying much at all the only reason i've kind of bought a few things was my my transition to 15 mil for the big armies so i'd bought a a few things on that front and i need a few boats you know for my my naval warfare stuff but that's not that's not a big investment or commitment and i'm just really looking to make a a big dent this year in those armies there's six or seven units aside so one unit aside already done and uh, one unit aside I'm working on at the moment and okay. like I said as well there's there's always wee bits and pieces for skirmishes like one or two miniatures I'll just add in to the, the painting mix as well uh, and painting these ships up when I get them but I don't anticipate that being a massive challenge like I'm not, again I'm not I'm not going to be putting loads of detail on them but it's fairly sort of biggish areas so I don't don't think it should take me too long to get those together I think they'll look good even with a basic paint job, won't they? Because they're just mm. cool little dinky things. Yeah, they've got loads of sculpted detail in, haven't they? And loads of recesses and washes will look really good on them and contrast paints and stuff. I'm sure, yeah, they'll look ace. Yeah, i looking forward to it. I think the, a batch of sort of four or five of them should arrive um, any day now, I would think. So I've noticed like when you order the... When you order stuff on Etsy that people are printing, it could take quite a long time to get here. Like David Bowie there, he, he took a good few weeks. But I think 
you know, without knowing very much about 3D printing, I'd imagine people maybe just accumulate enough orders and then go and do all the printing in one go or something like that. Would, the, would that make sense? Yeah, I suspect it is a bit like that. My next door neighbour, um, in his garden, he run he he makes wooden things that people buy off him, and um, yeah, the, this time of the year he was just sort of making absolutely loads. I can just imagine he has like big backlogs of sudden rushes on orders of stuff that people want. Uh, so it's kind of it's not his main job; it's just something he does as a hobby, and that's probably the these probably quite cottage industry type things with these three D printers. And as far as I know about three D printing, it's it is physically quite a slow process isn't there there's quite a limit as to how much you can actually run off so if you get a run of orders then there's probably not a lot you can do about it we're so used to things coming like within 24 hours it's ridiculous isn't it you know my wife bought some tights the other day off next at five to midnight and they arrived at 8 a.m yeah (laughs) absolutely insane so yeah it doesn't even seem like we've just got so used to that instant gratification thing that waiting for like a week for um for David Bowie to come through the post is, yeah, it's probably nothing really. Yeah, even Games Workshop with our like rogue trader, you know, this is going to take seven years to get to you, and then it was there within a week, and I was yeah, like, straight away. Why? Why did you say that? <laughs> but makes it seem more exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that just like every other podcast out there, this show has its very own Patreon, but this is no ordinary Patreon. It's actually the worst Patreon ever. That's right, there's no rewards, no extras, no bonus content, no early access, no shout-outs and no thank yous. I'll just take the money and quietly get on with making the show. Not that there's any money to take because hardly anyone's pledging to the thing. Like I say, it's the worst Patreon ever. Find it at bedroombattlefields.com slash worst Patreon ever. That's all one word, worst Patreon ever. Now, back to the show. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, Mark, I think you'd mentioned this the other night as well, was talking about like RPGs and you know miniatures and RPGs and stuff, and you being quite interested in that. So what what was sort of that all about then? Yeah, so I think it's um, it, I never I never played any RPGs as a kid, and when you hear people's origin stories in the hobby and people in the community, but quite a lot of people have got in through um sort of a role-playing game route and then have then been attracted towards the really narrative skirmish games that now exist um so they're kind of you know maybe playing dungeons and dragons and then have seen frostgrave and think oh that looks cool and they kind of come across that way so there's definitely quite a lot of crossover i'm sure there always has been i mean certainly white dwarf back in in the 80s before i got into the hobby i I think i got into the games workshop hobby for for three years perhaps right in that middle point when they'd moved away from having anything to do with any role-playing games really and stocking anyone else's stuff and before they'd moved into any kind of um and you know and and it was just very specific what they did they were doing basically warhammer 40k and they brought out man of war and there wasn't really a lot else there so i kind of have quite quite limited experience in terms of what i've done and role-playing games is something i've always never really known how they work so although i've always thought it was quite an interesting idea i just didn't actually understand how they worked but reading more uh rule sets for miniature games um and just sort of looking over the fence at rpgs i've kind of realized that a lot of them are actually Quite sim- it's quite similar in their approach, albeit you're not necessarily moving things around and measuring stuff. You're more kind of, but you're using the dice rolls to determine outcomes in a way that's very similar. So 
yeah, I mean, of course it all makes sense because I'm sure that's where a lot of wargaming came from and role-playing games all came from the same the same kind of uh, source material back in the 70s, really. But, yeah, I've just been looking around, really. I've actually picked up a couple of role-playing games that Osprey have started publishing their, their own line of role-playing games. They've got these games called, uh, again, I'll hold them up to the camera that you can't see for the listeners who can't see them also. Um, there's these two games by a guy called Jonathan Hicks. One's called Those Dark Places and a new one that's called Pressure. And sort of ostensibly, Pressure is a sequel to Those Dark Places, but it's not really a sequel. They kind of work independently in the same sort of universe, really. They've got a very simple 2D6 system. So you have four characteristics um, and you allocate numbers one, two, three, and four to those four characteristics. So the thing you're best at, you've got four. The thing you're worst at, you've got one. And those are just modifiers to a 2D6 roll. And generally speaking, you have to get seven to succeed. So therefore, if you're good at something, you're probably going to succeed more of the time. So really very rules light. But what it's full of is loads and loads of flavor and loads of really interesting concepts and ways of creating these very kind of low... um, low low end sci-fi games whereby you know it's similar to films like alien or outland or something like that with sort of very kind of rough and ready ordinary spaceships with people doing pretty crappy jobs on them and then maybe something bad happens and the power goes off and they've got to deal with something so really cool games and what i really like about it is it's absolutely chock full of flavor really and coming back to your point about buying scenario packs and so on Jonathan Hicks, the author, he's put loads of stuff out on Drive Through RPG, which are like a pound each, just uh, sort of one-shot games that you can look at, uh, one-shots of adventures for these systems, uh, or any system really. It's all very system agnostic. So, sort of let alone miniature agnostic, it's it's kind of system agnostic, and um, it's just it's just jumping off points to create your own narratives, your own stories, and. Um, yeah, I'm just really interested in getting into it. I, I don't have anyone to get into it with at this stage, but I'm enjoying reading the books and being inspired and thinking about how I can bring more elements into tabletop games. And a lot of people recently on the on the Discord community have been talking similarly about incorporating RPG elements for campaign-type elements and ways of expanding the experience and driving that narrative. So, yeah, really cool. What would you say then, like, makes an RPG game different from a, a just a standard miniatures game? Like, a, a, if we look at something like Rangers of Shadow Deep, does that do you feel that sits on the fence between the two? I think it probably does. I suppose the concept of a single player representing a single or embodying a single character, and therefore making choices based on that character's um propensities to do things and role playing slightly alters the picture because there's far less focus from what i can see on the concept of winning maybe that isn't the case so much from what i know of some role playing games like perhaps dungeons and dragons whereby there's a kind of being good at dungeons and dragons perhaps is a thing Whereas I quite like the fact that these RPGs that I've had a look at, it doesn't seem that it's about being good at it. So if you're the games master, you're just creating a a storytelling environment for people to succeed or fail, but that's not particularly important. It's more about telling a compelling and accurate story so that the characters are behaving as they would. Whereas I suppose in a miniatures game, 
because it's a tabletop game and it feels like a board game and it has a sort of sense of victory conditions, then yes, you're playing as you're controlling that group, but more in a sort of you're more acting as the general for that group, giving advice and guidance, trying to give commands that will be both beneficial to their to their their attributes and their personalities to get the positive outcome. So maybe it's that kind of idea that in this, in an RPG, you're not sort of general, you're not trying to be the best player you can be. You're trying to play the game with the greatest level of um, whatever that fancy word is. Is it verisimilitude? Is that the oh, right yeah, word? Oh, yeah, verisimilitude. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. So, you know, so that idea of just trying to be kind of quite immersive and say, yes, I want to play this uh, in a in an appropriate way so that my character is behaving, you know, in, in the way that I believe them to behave. I, I think that's quite cool. Also, I like the idea of playing it with hidden agendas and and to create friction and to create difficulty between people and um, to sort of as a more of a social experiment to just to see how people start behaving when situations change around them. Um, so, yeah, no, I think it's really cool. Um, I don't know enough about it to speak to it, to be honest. Um, this is just my very layperson's way of looking at it, but certainly I'm kind of very attracted to the idea of it because I mean, I always have read a lot, and I'm kind of, a, and it feels like it bridges that gap between between literature and tabletop gaming really, really nicely. And I'm sort of surprised I haven't found it before, but I think I always found it far too impenetrable. Whenever I vaguely seen any kind of, you know, there might have been some RPG books in Virgin megastores or something, and you'd look at it and go, "No idea what that is," and move on. Aye, it's a really interesting concept, and you know, now that you talk about it. I was seeing a lot of that come up when I did that sort of deep dive a few episodes ago on solo and skirmish, eh, solo and co-op, sorry, wargaming. Mm. Eh, and I was using AI to get like a first draft of a lot of ideas or how things might work and trying to get trying to ask it follow-ups and really dig into some of this stuff. And one of the aspects that was, you know, most interesting to me was let's look at um, our party or our army or our warband, whatever it is, and let's look at the internal dynamics there because too often yes. we just see these as this homogenous, you know, we're all like fighting for the same thing, we're all united and you just move them about. But thinking about, well, you know, what if these people are together because short term there's short term benefits of doing so, but they really don't like each other or there's this major issue or there's this long term conflict, what what would that look like? And you know, what if two characters openly hate each other, but they have to fight together in the short term? So it got into all sorts of ideas about like relationship points and stuff. And um, and it was really RPG heavy because it was, you know, talking about, well, really ways that there's just no way in the bookkeeping that you could attribute these points. So there probably is, but it'd be a bit clunky. You know, it mm. would more just be a case of the folks that you were playing with saying, okay, you know, based on what's happened in this game, I, th I think, you know, this is probably going on between them right now. And um, aye, it brings a whole different sort of dynamic to what's possible, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, what's quite interesting with th these two books as well is how open, I've, I always felt that the Joe McCulloch books are excellent, how he's very open-minded about how you might want to dismiss things and house rule things and so forth. But, I mean, this is sort of on another level in terms of, I mean, there's a whole section here that says this is your game. Um, 
you know, you've purchased the game, it's yours to do with as you wish. The main rule is to have fun with it. Don't like a certain rule, remove it. Prefer to do something different, change it. You know, it's kind of a very open approach to it. And this idea that, you know, you might want to introduce kind of critical successes or critical failures. You might not. You, it doesn't matter. You might want to change what the target numbers are. You might not even want to roll dice at all. Just literally ask people what they want to do and and just decide whether they fail or succeed. You know, you, you can essentially run an uh, interactive story with no system if you want, uh, which is kind of bizarre because it's almost like undermining the concept of being a rules author. But they're almost written how um, somebody who's a, um, what would the right word be? Um, um, I'm trying to think of what the term is. Uh, when someone really kind of, an evangelist, it's almost like they're kind of, they're saying, right, th- this is this is what I like doing and this is how you can do it. I really like that approach um, to presenting a set of rules, just simply framing, we've done this, it's worked well for us, we've enjoyed it, you might want to copy some of these ideas. I feel like that's uh, something that I'm really comfortable with. Um, probably wouldn't have been as a 10-year-old because I think you're looking for more definition and clarity on what it is you're supposed to do. But yeah, now I know more. I, I feel really comfortable about trying out some of these free-form ways of playing. Yeah, there was a similar like little disclaimer. I think it was in Brutal Quest, you know, talking about like this is your game and stuff. But it does make me think like it would be refreshing to see a rule book where it's like this is exactly how you need to play it. If you're not going to play it this way, if you're not going to use all these additional rules, get to fuck. And yeah, uh, you know, it's my go buy something else. Yeah, I own the copyright on it. If you've got you'll play, you'll play to this play to the letter. letter. Yeah, <laughs> and if you get anything wrong, you need to start the game again. So, <laughs> not come round your house. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's the different way to do it. And this is not a miniature agnostic game. This is, yeah, you've got to buy my things, and it won't work otherwise. I think there is a company that does this, actually, isn't there? <laughs> there is actually, yeah. Uh, Good old Mantic. Yep. Um, sorry if Ronnie's listening. I was actually trying to get Ronnie Renton on. I, I've not managed oh, to cool. do that yet. would love to speak to him. But, um, Absolutely, yeah. I, I, not I now really that like I've just uh, insulted him. Just flagged him off. Me. Yeah, that's yeah. true, yeah. That's a way to get him on, actually. I'll just do an episode about him. Slag him off. Uh, yeah. And then he'll Mantic is shite, change my mind. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> He'll just ignore it because this is such a small fry show anyway. Oh, is it? But, uh, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't have came on. Well, your agent wouldn't have agreed to it, so. No, I, I turned down uh, Strictly. Yeah, yeah. And reading the oh, other well. catalogue. <laughs> so uh, any any final, like, do, are you a New Year's resolution person? Do you ever do, you ever do any of those or do you not bother? Um, so the last time that I got really heavily into saying about New Year's resolution is it was the it was it was the uh, New Year's Eve on the thirty first of December twenty nineteen, and I, and I was saying to my family like this is this is this last decade it's, it's been a bit difficult, but this next one it's it's going to be absolutely amazing twenty twenty this is going to be the year it was the year I turned forty and I was just like this is going to be absolutely the bee's knees uh and then within a few weeks there was flooding famine disease devastation and the whole world was almost entirely destroyed so from that point on i've decided that maybe i'm better off uh not bringing 
like ill face up on the whole universe through my predictions, but to try and actually just be a bit more, um, I mean, it's not easy to do it every day, but I'll try and be more deliberate and just enjoy things as they come up and just enjoy things for what they are rather than trying to do everything or set myself goals that I would then become disappointed or annoyed with myself for failing. So yeah, no goals, no objectives, just other than just try and be a bit more deliberate and enjoy things a little bit more and try and be a bit happier each day. That's, uh, that's about it really. So pretty basic, but achievable. No good wisdom, like make peace with the instability of the future and embrace the joys of the present, I suppose might be a... Yeah, it's very kind of zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance, isn't it? It's got that just enjoy doing things and the act of doing being uh, of value in its own right. And you can't do everything and that's okay. Cool. Well, I hope you enjoy everything when it comes round. Uh, I know for sure that I'm getting a copy of Rogue Trader because uh, it came. So excellent. <laughs> uh, I look forward to leafing through that on Christmas morning with my tin of Kestrel Super Lager at seven a.m. Uh, and I'm not even joking. <laughs> so, aye, uh, and it'll be cool to you know check into the Discord. I'm sure folks will have a few. E- uh, new bits and bobs that they'll be they'll be sharing photos of as well. So yeah, absolutely, be good to see that. Uh, final shout out for the survey: bedroombattlefields.com/survey. Tell us, uh, tell us what game you've been most focused on this year, and uh, tell us about uh, anything that you're keen to spend a bit of time on in 2024 as well. Bedroombattlefields.com/survey. Uh, thanks again for joining me Mark it's always good to, to have a pal on rather than trying to fly solo especially when you're as bad at doing a podcast as I am so I do appreciate it oh no it's really good fun every time and uh, your power stayed on as well because I know you've got a bit of a tornado down there so that was that was handy yeah it seems okay it seems to have slightly settled down the washing line however is lying upside down on the lawn um I decided it was a good idea to put well I put towels out and um, and then it's literally bent the washing line in half one of the rotary ones it's completely destroyed so that wasn't a good move a good day for drying like if you've got a really heavy coat or that get that washed and get that out Um, yeah absolutely I'll I'll see it flying past my window 500 miles (laughs) up the road All right, Mark thanks again and uh, I'm sure we'll we'll see you on the podcast again in the, the future Cool. Take care. Have a great Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast. If you enjoy the show, then please do share it with someone else you think might enjoy it too. And be sure to check out our Discord community of like-minded hobbyists, which you can find at bedroombattlefields.com forward slash discord. It'd be great to see you in there.